friends, and welcome to Mindfulness with Mikey, a mental health podcast. I'm your host, and I'm here to get the ball rolling on the mental health conversation. Why? Because every single person I've ever met throughout life, from time to time, struggles with their mental health, whether that be maybe depression or anxiety or so many other things, honestly, but for some reason, we all act like it's rare for anyone else or for someone to feel this way. I have found that way more people do face these struggles then don't. So I'm here to tell you, yes you, that you are not alone. I'm here with you and so many other people are too. My goal for this podcast is to normalize that idea, to kind of help fight through some of the stigma. Society always talks about how there needs to be more of a discussion on mental health and I think pretty much everyone agrees. But where the hell is that discussion? And I found that the best way to shed light on an issue is to talk about it. If you don't talk about it, it can't get any better. So I hope through conversations, with interviews with some experts on mental health and mindfulness and some organizations and even with some regular people that we can, as a community, tackle this issue. So if you're having a hard time or if anyone you know is having a hard time, hey, I'm here with you and I'm rooting for you. Talking about mental health can be hard. It can be hard to be vulnerable and say, hey, dude, I'm not doing so well. Well, guess what? Podcasts are pretty cool. No one has to know you're listening to a mental health podcast. I promise I won't tell anyone. You can just put your headphones in, tune in. No one has to know if you don't want. And hopefully you can bring some help. Through shared experiences, coping techniques, humor, and some music, we're going to try to figure this out as a team. So let's get it started. And let's get it started with some music because music makes everything better. And that song is called Tumble by Goose. Um, awesome band. Shout out, Goose. Thank you very much for allowing me to use your music in my podcast. They're really cool guys, even cooler music. Uh, check them out when you get a chance. They're a lot of fun. So thank you, Goose. And so today on the first episode, I have Ryan Small for an awesome conversation. He is the president of the Mindfulness Club here at UConn. Very down to earth, very genuine guy. We uh, talk about a lot of cool things and explore mindfulness a bit and through the eyes of college students. So without further ado, the president of the Mindfulness Club, Ryan Small. All right. So I am now in the studio with my friend Ryan Small. Ryan is a one of the first friends I met here at UConn. He's in on the e-board of the Mindfulness Club here. So... As I wanted to start a podcast about mindfulness, it only made sense to join the Mindfulness Club, and who better to talk about mindfulness than someone on the e-board here? So, Ryan, thank you for coming. Yeah, Mikey, thanks for having me on. I'm thrilled to have a platform and just to 
just thrilled to be have an opportunity to just share my story and possibly uh, you know just share and be of service to people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I guess we'll start. What does mindfulness mean to you, and how is mindfulness play in your life? Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I think. Like, so mindfulness has played a large role in my life, but just in order to sort of give a little backstory of, you know, who I am and sort of how I've gotten to, you know, be someone who's passionate about mindfulness and be now, I believe, the president of the Mindfulness Club and, you know, be really just passionate about spreading this as a way for, um, like, college students, a, a resource for us to use. So just to provide some backstory on, like, how I got into this, um, I, when I was 16, I had my first panic attack, and I know, like, you know, we, we've talked about anxiety a bit, and, um, and it's, you know, it's something that, like, has played a large role in my life, just in mental health in general, and, um, you know, for a long time, I, I didn't understand anxiety, I didn't understand, um, you know, like, why my brain worked the way it was, and, um, you know, like all these diagnoses and, you know, was diagnosed with panic disorder and general depression and, um, and, you know, after going through the sort of normal route of uh, just all the different medications and, you know, eventually you have to find some ways that aren't, you know, some coping strategies that, that aren't based on, you know, um, like a medication. And, and so in desperity, I, I learned what's called transcendental meditation, uh, which is a form of meditation. Um, I believe it was some yogi back in the sixties brought it over from India and he sort of, you know, labeled it this transcendental meditation, gave it a nice fancy name, created an institution out of it and sort of like, sort of like meditation for Westerners is sort of my interpretation of it. And, uh, you know, very simple technique, 20 minutes twice a day, mantra meditation. And, uh, you know, for the first time, I was able to you know, have a skill that I could learn and that I could develop, that I could work with, um, that I could find some peace with, you know. And it was out of, you know, m my own effort. So... Um, you know, and like, you know, one of, one of my big things, you know, that I've, I've really come to realize is that, you know, especially in this mental health field, you know, yes, there are so many helpful resources and, you know, we definitely have to utilize things outside of ourselves in order to, to cope, in order to get by, in order to move forward. But if we can find some intrinsic ways to deal with anxiety to deal with obsessive thoughts racing thoughts um panic attacks you know i've i've been there and still do have days where i you know experience those things but um you know that that learning that meditation technique was the the first my first experience of of mindfulness and of literally training my brain to be able to access mindful states um and like from that moment, like from that, when I learned that, it, it changed my life, truly. I guess the straightforward definition of mindfulness is just bringing your attention to your surroundings. Yeah. So I feel like I've, I've also struggled with panic attacks and 
you know, sometimes you just get so wrapped up in your thoughts, you're in your head, and it can be hard. But I think when you, to be aware of that, of when it's happening, because it is important to have, you know, outside help if you need it. But a lot of times these things happen like what, late at night, when you're alone, when it's just like a perfect storm and you're, you're just so in your head. And to be realizing like, well, okay, wait a second, hold up, stop. I'm doing it again. My head, my my thoughts are racing. I'm I'm going down a downward spiral. Like, okay, what's what's actually going on around me? Like, all right, I'm in my room. I see a table. I see a chair. Like, okay, like, what's really happening? Because a lot of times, what I'm thinking about is just these worst case scenarios that probably will not even happen. Like, or just so unrealistic. You need, like, you kind of just have to stop. So for me, just trying to focus on what's around me. Um, I think that's a lot a lot of mindfulness for me. It's more of like a doing thing, but you talk more about like the meditation inside of it too. Yeah. So so I mean so I I offer that backstory and that mm -hmm. experience and yeah, my exposure you. to um transcendental meditation or uh, TM um you know just you just sort of, you know, yeah, just to give that backstory, but in terms of like mindfulness, you know, in general, like it, what that looks like in my daily life, like it doesn't look like sitting down for 20 minutes twice a day and, you know, saying a mantra over and over again. It, it really, and it, you know, rarely it looks like that, honestly. Like I, you know, I do try to maintain a consistent, you know, meditation practice. And I, and I think that that can be important. But for for me, like mindfulness is, you know, yeah, exactly. Like in, to provide a broader definition of, being able to bring yourself back to the present moment. You know, our our thoughts, uh, you know, our, our brain likes to think in the past and in the future. And we love to obsess about these things. It's, and it's like, because that's all we have. Because you know, we have all this memory, all this data of shit that's happened in the past, right? That we can obsess over, and um, you know, I do this all the fucking time. Yeah, you know, tons, like everyone does. Of course, of course, it's it's that's how you know that's, that's habit, right? And then the future is anxiety about the future, worries, or um, along those lines. And I feel like our brains, especially in this modern age, where we're wired for that like future past thinking. Because there's so much material, yeah. You know, there's so much shit to think about. You know, it, it's and and I think that thinking can be good, but when it gets to that point of that spiral, when it's almost as if like you've lost control. You know, like the, it's a runaway train, and you're not driving it. And it, and it's crazy how our our brains have the ability to do this. You know, but it's interesting, like. I feel like it's a perceived lack of control. And I feel like mindfulness, you know, when you are able to bring that attention back to that present moment, there's not as much shit to think about, you no, know? It's, it's a lot, it's a lot quieter. Yeah. It's a lot more peaceful. Yeah. A, there's a stillness to it. And just as you were saying, you know, even like looking around, just being aware of your surroundings, being aware of like, you know, the physical objects in the room, being aware of your physical body, you know, like how you physically feel at this very moment. Not how you felt, ten, you know, five minutes ago, or like not how you're expecting to feel later, you know, after 
you have to go to some event or something, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but in this moment, how do you feel? You know, and just acceptance of that. And especially the way that society is now, I feel like everyone, you got to be doing something. You got to be working on this project or doing your homework or working on this job or, you know, beep, bop, boop, who knows what. But, you know, common phrase is don't just sit there, do something. Mm. What if I said, don't just sit there, do nothing. <laughs> wow. it, makes you, it makes you think for a second, like, wait, so do nothing. Do, okay, well, what does that mean, you know? And it's just so, un I mean, it's so uncommon, you know, because, yeah, I, I hear you. We, we, we live in a, a world of productivity anxiety. Yes. And Everyone's addicted to caffeine. Everyone has their cups of coffee in the morning. Yeah. And so, strange enough, I am now a week with no caffeine. There we go. Congratulations. And But, I, I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you. Because it's a big accomplishment. Because I'm a usually a five to six cup a day kind of guy. Jeez. Okay. You know, to be real. like. Yeah. And I, I'm realizing as I am, you know, just just running on my own, you know, energy, you know, it's almost like this productivity anxiety, like it's a training to tell us that like we're not enough. That was just one of the realizations that I came to. It's like, you know, like what you are able to do with your energy is, you know, just not enough. And that whole idea of you have to be doing, don't just sit there, do something. It's like, what you're doing is not enough. So even like, you know, what you said, like, don't just sit there, be. Yeah. I like that too, because, you know, like, being is something that... That's the, that's the something that you're doing, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and being is, is profound enough, you know, like... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we, and I, I feel like, you know, just being and, I mean, being is another way of just being mindful. I mean, I feel like they're all synonymous, but I feel like it's something that just is, for some reason, was cut out of our culture. Especially you know? on college campuses. It's, it's brutal. Like, mental health is a triage on college campuses, honestly, because it's, you got this, you got you know, you got 15, 18, some kids have 20 credits. You got all these classes. You have different assignments for every class. You have quizzes and tests for all these different classes. On top of that, you have, I'm a part of this club and I'm a part of this club. And I also have this meeting here and I'm in part of this organization. But I also need to get an internship for the summer to try to get a job. And, like, yeah. it's absurd. And, I mean, we need help. <laughs> we need help. Help us. Yeah. We need people to talk about, hey, not everything is all right. We need to have a conversation about how we're actually feeling, what is actually going on, because the way that things are clearly are not working. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but I feel I just hope that trying to bring more people into the conversation and trying to just let people know, like, you know, I have panic attacks. You said you have. I'm sure... Especially at college, I bet way more people do have panic attacks than don't have panic attacks. It's, it's hard. There's just so much stress on coming at you from every angle. And yeah. it's tough. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you have panic attacks, like, join the club, man. Yeah. You know, there's – you're not alone. That's kind of what this whole idea is trying to be. Like, you're not alone. And Yeah. yeah. 
it's you know in it, whether or not people experience it as something that they they label as anxiety or or or, or, or panic attacks just like that productivity anxiety and like of and I, I hear you and even what you know what you were saying about the whole the, like that the academics aren't enough now you know what no, i mean it's like you know you know you have to be involved in so many different things and it's like you know that's what you have to do like there's a strive towards this is success and it's like well, wait a second like this success thing like is it really all like it like you know what exactly is it and, and what does it entail yeah. And you know, does and, it make me happy? Like, exactly. am I, do I am actually enjoying any of this? Like, wait, like a lot of kids, I bet no, you know. Yeah. And I think like that balance is something that like is so hard to find because no one's teaching it, no one's talking about it. You know, that's why I'm just you know grateful for this because you know this is what that is. This is the conversation. Yeah, I'm not promoting for everyone to go. You know, just go be yogis in the woods. No, like, <laughs> right, I right. want you to live your life and do what you want to do, but it's important to just check up on yourself and, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Do I like doing this? You know what? Yeah, you know what? I do like doing this. It makes me feel good. I used to be studying civil engineering in D.C., and so now I'm in environmental engineering, and I enjoy it. I Like, classes don't suck anymore because I look forward to going to class because I actually care what I'm learning about, which makes class easier. It makes my homework easier, my assignments. Like, I don't... Homework almost doesn't feel like homework because I'm just reading things that I'm interested in and might be reading about anyways, you know? Mm. Whereas, I don't know, now I'm learning about, like, solar and wind energies and all these things, especially with all the environmental issues we have going on. And I feel like, I feel like I'm doing something that I'm called to do. And it is hard sometimes. It is very stressful sometimes. It is still engineering school, but I feel good about it. I feel good about myself. I'm happy with where I'm at now and... I would not be at this point right now if I didn't go through all the shit I went through and coming home and taking a year off and trying to figure out what in the world is going to do with my life. And that was a long time, especially when you're in the, the belly of the whale, so to speak. It's an hour seems like a long time, nevertheless a year. So it's just, it's cool to look back and see like, wow, you know, whew, I made it through and Things are, you know, things are on the up now. I hope they continue to go up, but I bet there's some people listening right now and they're probably in that belly of the whale, belly of the whale right now and they're probably in that maybe dark time and maybe an hour is a really long time. Maybe they're, you know, stuck with their thoughts and I guess it's kind of the nature of human. You go through these dark times, but you get through them and then you have your experiences that you learned and you can use those experiences to help you out. So... You're out in that productive society. You're doing your job. You're doing what you're called to do, and you check up with yourself. And yeah, you know what? I am doing this. This is why I'm doing this, and I feel like this is what I'm called to do. And that's that that balance. It's hard to find, but I feel like that's you know trying to find that balance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I feel like especially like at our age and like in this like you know university community, like there's such a judgment on people who aren't on a path like this who who aren't you know meeting these expectations of you know um you just sort of doing all things we talked about of doing school internships you know research whatever it is you know like and, and if if you're in we even myself you know i i tend to have a lot of judgment if i were to back off from things you know like i i recently backed off from a big research project and this is something that you know 
name on a published paper. This this was this was big. This was you know a re recommendation from a great editor. You know this was is big. This is you know this career moving forward. And I stepped back because it wasn't making me happy. It wasn't you know satisfying to me. It was actually causing me a lot of suffering. But the amount of times that I've stuck with that suffering, because it's what you do. You know, I, I can't count it on two hands. And, and that's insane to me, you know. And you know, I feel like especially people who, you know, maybe thinking about taking a year off or thinking about not going to school at all. You know, we, we put such an emphasis on fitting into these boxes and puzzle pieces, uh, you know, of this society, this picture that's painted, you know. And, you know, we, we forget our subjective experience of, happiness, of joy, of contentment, you know, and I, I think, you know, we tend to forget a lot that in this life, if we follow the things that we love, and I know sometimes it can, you know, I've been in those places where you just feel like you don't love anything, but, um, you know, when you step outside those boxes, it may not look like what you want it to look like or what you think it's going to look like. But when you find something you love and you follow it, you, know, you, you can find purpose in that and find joy in that. And I feel like that's not prioritized. You know, we say, oh, well, going to school, do four years, maybe do four more years, do, do 10 years of school. And then after that, guess what? You're going to be a doctor. You're going to be happy. Oh, yeah. And by the way, you'll probably be about a quarter million dollars in debt. So <laughs> Absolutely. Good luck with that, yeah. too. And, like during my gap year, I worked on a farm. Um, and last April, I spent pretty much the whole month just planting trees. I worked on a tree farm, and there was a group of probably like a dozen of us, and we planted probably 20,000 trees in a month. And I remember I was having a really hard time that month. Like, I would just go to work. I wasn't really thinking. I was trying to get into the mindfulness of, like, all right, I'm planting this tree. I'm, you know, I'm making something and something new. And But it was hard because I was just so in my head and so wrapped up on other things and I was having a conversation with one of the guys I worked with later in the summer and he was saying I was just kind of telling him but like the rough things I've been going through and things I've been thinking and I was just like dude I just, I just feel like I'm a bad person and he's like dude so in April you yourself we planted 20,000 trees and there were 12 of us so that means you yourself planted at least over 1,000 trees so objectively speaking, I can tell you that you are not a bad person because a bad person does not plant a thousand trees. And just hearing that, like, an objective statement like that, like, you are not a bad person because bad people don't do this. Bad people don't do good things or, you know, bad people don't question, you know, why did I do that? Or how did I make that person feel? Or how can I be better? Like, these are things that someone who really is a good person who really wants to do better does. And I think there are so many other people out there that just, they're their own worst enemy. You know, there is no one more critical of them than themselves. And sometimes you have to think about it. The things you're saying to yourself, what if your best friend was saying them? What if your best friend was saying, you know, I'm no good for this, this, and this? You'd be like, dude, like, what are you talking about? Like, I can name a million great things about you right now and I'll do that. I think it's important for sometimes us to think of us like, all right, stop, stop, sit there and do nothing and think. If I was, if my best friend was saying these things that I'm saying about myself, what would I say to them? 
So what would I say to myself? You know, I think I think we need to be a little kinder to ourselves too, because mm. we need to be on our own side. If we're gonna get anywhere, you gotta at least root for yourself, and it's hard to root for yourself sometimes. And if you can't root for yourself, then me and Ryan are rooting for you. Like there are Absolutely. people out there that are rooting for you. You are not alone. It's it's just so easy to feel alone when you're in that moment. Yeah. And I think you touch upon a great, I think, really important part of mindfulness in general is that I think that mindfulness practice also engenders self-compassion practice. You know, it's that ability to step outside of self-judgment. You know, like that ability to face the objective fact. You know, like what is the fact in this moment? You know, like am I a bad person because I'm not, you know, in school and doing all these things and, you know, not meeting expectations and, you know, but hold on a second, bring it back to the moment. What are the facts? And just as your friend was so kind to share with you that fact of, dude, you just planted a million, million, a thousand trees. That's really fucking awesome. You know, and that, objectivity that's mindfulness because a lot of the time that that mindfulness is stepping out of that self-judgment this is is stepping out of the identification with you know the expectations of ourself and just coming into what is you know what is in this moment you know i often get lost in the whole thing of oh well i mean just as as i've said i don't, I don't have plans for next year you know but i get caught in this oh well i'm just a you know, lazy ass person because I don't, I haven't gotten anything. I haven't submitted any, any applications. And it's like, what are the facts? You know, the facts is, I'm a, I'm a, I work hard. I'm a student. I'm doing well. You know, I'm doing a mindfulness club where I get to meet with people and teach them about mindfulness practices and how it can benefit their life. And I have all these conversations about, about mental health and all that's awesome. And it's incredible. And I'm being of service to people right now. You know. And yeah, we are our own worst enemy. But you know, being able to step outside of that self-judgment and reflect back with compassion, you know, like we are, we are messy fucking humans. You know, we make lots of mistakes. That's what this is about. That's what humanity is. You know. Yeah, every single person, all around the world, has made countless mistakes and especially like social media has lots of great things to offer but i think a really rough part about it is is everything you've ever said especially like on twitter or something is just documented people can go back and hey back in 2014 on november 7th at 12 32 p.m you said this you you're evil you suck it's like dude i i don't even remember what i said yesterday like it's 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 almost like a disease. Like you have all this weighing on your shoulders, all this history just posted for everyone to see. And it's awesome to connect with people and share with people, but at the same time, it's you're not living in the moment. You're living in the past or you're living in other people's worlds. You're just not, you're not present or being at all. You're just anywhere but being. And that's, it's so promoted. It's We're just being forced into this, I feel like. And not many people step back and think like, hey, like, should we be doing this or... Should we be doing this all the time? Maybe sometimes, maybe, you know, what is this? It's new. It's the whole internet's new to our generation, especially this connectedness with everyone. Yeah. And I would say it's causing a lot of problems, you know, and I mean, yes, positives, you know, but I, you know, I, I, I'm speaking on that sort of, you know, point earlier of like, you know, you know, 
all our, our minds love to obsess about the past and the present. Well, now you've got all this data <laughs> and it's physical documentation of that past, you know. But the one thing we forget is that, and this is, you know, a, a Buddhist principle. We are ever-changing beings. The, the principle of impermanence. There is nothing permanent about this life. And especially about, like, us as humans. We are always changing. And that was one of the things, I mean, I, I'm not on any social media. Literally none. And for me, what that has allowed me to do, I mean, yes, I will mention that, like, it, there is a bit of loneliness associated with that because it is a great way to stay connected with people, and it's a way that people in our in our generation stay connected. But what it has allowed me to do is disconnect from all that story of the past, you know, and then the piece of self-judgment and comparison to others. I... I don't want any of that. I, I exist completely outside of that. And, you know, it's not, yes, I have part of me that's this social justice. It's not good for us, you know. And I have a lot of opinions on that. But for me, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy for me to scroll through Instagram every day. It wasn't healthy for me to be, you know, posting things. It just, it wasn't a productive part of my life. It, you know, yes, we have these expectations. But I said, fuck that. Like, I'm okay. Yeah, I get called weird a lot because I'm not on social media. I had a coworker just the other day. She said, you're so strange. Like, you're not on anything. And I was like, I think strange is relative. It's like, I, I'm still a human being, too. I mean, right. I got rid of my Facebook part like over a year ago. I was I was just friends with so many people that I didn't even know. And I would never post anything, but I would just go on there and see. And, like, the people who I would see posting all the time were people that, like, I didn't really even know very well. And... I was just like, what? Like, why am I wasting so much time? What am I doing? And then I, I wasn't really being on Twitter for years. I got rid of that. But I still have Instagram. So it is nice to, like, have something, like, see what other people are up to. I can share what I'm up to. And then I used to really care about likes. You know, like, okay, I just got my best post ever. This has two more likes than my post from three months ago. I just set my new record. Now, you know what? I don't give a shit how many likes I get. If I see something cool or I'm doing something fun, I'm going to post a picture and I'm going to share it with my friends and, you know, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And I'm happy with it. And I feel like I found a healthy balance with that. Yeah. So And like an awareness around it too. You know, and I think that's something that like, you know, sometimes I forget about too is that there's a way to use Instagram and all social media mindfully. You know, there's a way to share what you're doing. And, you know, it, a lot of it's art, too, you know, and it's beautiful. And, and it's, you know, connecting people and sh spreading ideas and, 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 you know, connecting ideas that, that wouldn't, you know, previously be connected. But th there's a way to be aware of what you're consuming. But that self-judgment piece, you know, because with all that material to just re reflect on, I mean, that like is a ticker counter of the of the past. Okay, what what life event in my past can I obsess about? And, you know, now I have a measurement. Yeah, and you, you give know. it so much meaning. And, like, oh, yeah. like, this person liked my picture. But then I realize when I'm liking pictures, I'm usually scrolling, like, a double tap. Think about it for half a second. Scroll. Oh, I like that. Scroll. Like, it's... It doesn't, like, yeah, I like it. But it's not this huge, meaningful thing that I feel like we derive so much from. I feel like we're always looking 
for that, for confirmation or just some sort of satisfaction. You gotta come from inside. You know, it's hard to find, it's hard to realize or figure out how, but I think if you're always just, if you value yourself based on likes, it's, you're gonna be pretty self-conscious, I imagine. You're gonna be pretty, not very able to take on rough things that come your way when you don't have that belief in yourself or that you don't have that faith in yourself that like, hey, I like myself. That's all that matters. I like my own picture, (laughs) you know? And and I'm guilty of that too. You know, I spend a few years on on the gram, on Instagram and Facebook, and you know, and yeah, I did that. I played that game, and I I played it, you know, to its fullest extent. Yeah, I'm sure. You know? I'm sure most people know what we're talking about Absolutely. and feel the exact same way. Absolutely, it's become a normal part of society, you know. But I think like there is still a way to just gain awareness around. Hey. Am I being an asshole to myself right now? <laughs> yeah. You got to be your own friend. Yeah. You got to think of yourself as your friend sometimes. And, hey, how would I treat my friend if my friend did this? Or what would I say to my friend if my friend thought this or said this? Yeah. Let's give a shout out to UConn Mindfulness Club. Meet on Mondays, 7 p.m. in row. Um, if you're listening to this and you go to a different school and there is a mindfulness club, maybe go check it out or... Maybe start your own, you know? And really, it, every meeting's different. Mm-hmm. Everything, it's it's the same but different, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how my dad used to explain math to me when I was a kid. Like, it's the same problem. It's the same thing. It's just different. Every every conversation you have, they're, they're completely different. We'll explore different aspects of meditation or experiences we've had or different psychological principles. And they can kind of seem like all these different things, but they're all the same. And really just just trying to get in through that door of mindfulness and trying to come to understand what it means to be, what it means to be present. Um, really just anything trying to explore that I think is absolutely incredible and will bring you so many benefits throughout your life. So I highly recommend joining a mindfulness club or joining our mindfulness club or if you're not in school, just trying to you know, look, look up what mindfulness is, watch some videos, try to learn a little more because I think it would really help you because really helped Ryan I Mm. I can imagine it's really helped me and I really hope it can help you too and help some other people out there too it's mindfulness is a is a doorway to just viewing the world from a completely different lens and one that I think is really needed especially at this time Um, and you know I'm sure wherever you are there are there, there are resources around you and the internet is a great resource it can definitely not be a not great resource, but uh, there are lots of great teachers out there who are offering free uh, free content, free meditations, guided meditations, even just you know uh, in- instructional videos. Um, it's something, especially if you're struggling, if you're if you're suffering, you know, if you're having a hard time with anxiety, racing thoughts. Um, it's a skill. It's a muscle that you can develop. And it's something that you can use at all times. It's available to you wherever. It doesn't matter where. Um, and it's a way of like gaining our power back. Gaining control over our minds. Bringing some inner peace to just all the storm inside. Especially when you're in a panic attack. It's just a storm inside your brain. Bringing some peace. Bringing some quiet. It's nice. Yeah. It's, it's, 
it's definitely needed and there's definitely a balance but i think we need it a little more i think the t the scale tipped a little too far to mm. productivity and and just uh, hypermania anxiety, all the time yeah mm. but and that's i think that's why so many kids are struggling with anxiety now like never before so maybe we'll just swing the pendulum back a little bit and take a deep breath mm. if you're listening take a deep breath it'll be all right it'll be okay i don't even know what it is but i promise you the sun's gonna come up tomorrow and it's gonna be all right so thank you ryan thank you so much for coming on talk with me thank you for having me this was an incredible experience and i'm you know i'm just thrilled to uh to, to share my story and hopefully share some advice and uh yeah and uh yeah thank you thank you yeah. all right thanks dude awesome Alrighty, and that concludes the first interview on Mindfulness with Mikey. Thank you very much to Ryan Small for coming on and speaking with me, and thank you very much to anyone who's still listening at this point. So I'm sure at least my dad is, so hi, Dad. Thank you. And if anyone else is, thank you very much. Um, one last thing I wanted to mention, I created an Instagram account for this podcast. The handle is at MikeyMindfulness. For some reason, I could not get the mindfulness with Mikey. So it's at Mikey Mindfulness, one word. And I'll be keeping updates on when shows will be coming out. And if you have anything that you'd like to hear discussed or if there's an issue important to you or something like that, please feel free to DM me, reach out. Uh, that's the best way to contact me. So please give me a follow. Please reach out with anything, any concerns, any questions any ideas and yeah so thank you very much everybody for listening um i'll have another episode next week with a awesome psychotherapist named david weitzman and we really great talk and so yeah that should be out by next monday and hope you guys all have a wonderful day thank you very much for tuning in and i will leave you with a song from goose to take you on home. So have a great day, everybody. Oh,
Island Marvin. Hey, but to them, my sweet island Marvin. 